1: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake up call on Sports Country Radio. The 14th day of October 2022, a chilly one down here in the mountains of North Carolina. It was uh, 34 degrees when I got up this morning. I actually had to turn the heat on. Woke up and I said, No, well, we're not doing this. So we had to turn the heat on, and uh, it has been chilly. Uh, We've had some frost warnings and stuff, but we've got fire warnings down here. We got our first drop of rain in like three weeks yesterday. I mean, it's just been crazy down here. I know uh, those of you up in the northeast, I hope uh, everybody's safe up there. I know there's been some torrential rains up there uh, the last week or so, but uh, uh, weird weather. But welcome to global warming. The things that the Republicans say uh, doesn't exist. Oh, by the way, I did watch a little bit of the... uh, uh the the January 6th hearings yesterday and I, I don't normally I don't normally watch that. Uh but I decided to watch some of it yesterday and, and I have to say, look, uh I don't care what side of the aisle or the debate or whatever it is you want to call it that you fall on. When you look at some of the video of the things that that were happening inside the Capitol, and some of the, and the fear on the faces of both Republicans and Democrats that were in uh, the Capitol building that day, and you take a look at some of the uh, testimony and everybody taking the Fifth Fifth Amendment everywhere, uh, you know, you watch that stuff, and and you know when you find out that Trump's own people were telling him, hey, you could stop this right now, and he you know he waits a few hours before he does anything, It's just. I don't know how you can come down on any other side of other than the fact that Donald Trump at the minimum was negligent at the minimum was negligent. At the worst, he incited the thing and and he needs to be held accountable for that. And, you know, uh, I'll leave that for smarter people than I. All I know is that some of the stuff that that you watch, it's just chilling, chilling. You know, and and you, we've we've got these midterm elections coming up, and you look at some of these people that are running. Uh, look, we the 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 big race down here in Georgia. You know, I'm only f- a few miles from the Georgia border, and the big race here, you know, is between Herschel Walker, who is just you know taking one too many hits to the helmet, and and then you find out that uh, you know some of the things that that uh, he's done in his life and. Uh, threatening to blow his brains out of his uh, his wife, and uh, you know, talked about wanting to actually kill people, and I mean, it's just frightening stuff. And this is the guy they're talking about having be in the, the U.S. Senate. Good lord! And you have all these Republicans rallying around him, like, oh yeah, this is. I mean, come on, good lord! But anyway. Uh, so anyway, welcome welcome to a Friday morning. Dan Zapano is coming up at 9.15. We're going to talk about last week's games, talk about what's going on uh, this week. Those of you watching on Facebook, I know we're having some uh, connection issues this morning. Again, you know, I, I apologize. Doing the best we can with the Internet down here, it is just being uh, very uncooperative. So we're doing the best we can and, and hang in there. Hopefully we'll be able to, to get that squared away before the show is over. But Dan Zapano coming up at 9.15. Uh, Major League Baseball last night. There was only one game yesterday. The Yankee game against Cleveland got uh, rained out. They're going to play that this afternoon at 1 o'clock. So we've got three games today. they got the Yankees and the Guardians at 1. The Braves and the Phillies tied at one game apiece uh, coming up at uh, 4.30. And then the Dodgers and the Padres also tied at one game apiece coming up at 8.30 tonight. Um, and, And last night, Jordan Alvarez does it again, or should I say yesterday afternoon? Uh, Look, this guy right now is, you can't pitch to him. And matter of fact, they finally got to a point where they didn't pitch to him yesterday. They said, okay, enough of this noise. And uh, they walked him intentionally with a runner on first base. That's how bad it was. They just decided, okay, enough. And they uh, they went back and, and walked him. Uh, after he did a home run to to hammer him yet again and and it's it's uh uh a guy you don't want to pitch to right now and look you know we can debate all all day uh what happened uh with Scott service in game one when he brings Robbie Ray out of the bullpen you know figuring that uh We're not pitching, you know, a right hander against him. We'll bring in the lefty to throw against the lefty, Jordán Alvarez, and then you hear the the stat that I think it was Bob Costas dropped out on you that Alvarez is hitting, you know, over three hundred against left handed batters this year. And you've got Robbie Ray, who hasn't appeared as a relief pitcher in years. And, you know, they they kept saying the reigning Cy Young Award winner. Well, that's all well and good, except that the reigning Cy Young Award winner had not been the reigning Cy Young Award winner, if you know what I mean. He was not the pitcher that he was last year when he won the Cy Young Award. So we can debate all we want whether Scott Service should have made that move or not. All I know is that you look at what Scotts, uh, what uh, Paul Sewall had done all year, and I think he'd only given up like 32 hits in 66 innings, saved 20 games, strikes out like 70 plus guys in 60 something innings. You know, and I and I know they had gotten a couple of guys on, but how you, uh, how you make that move? I mean, and and Monday morning quarterbacking is easy. I get it. You know, it's very easy to say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. But they shouldn't have done that. And Alvarez proved it again yesterday. Just uh, He's just locked in. Uh, and I think it was a little overblown. People would say, well, he got the Barry Bonds treatment. There was a runner on first base, and, you know, they decided to walk him. Uh, so that's, you know, that's Barry Bonds. He's Look, let's not get carried away. He's not Barry Bonds. But he had a nice year, 37 homers. I think he had driven in 96, 97, hit over 300. If Aaron Judge doesn't do what he's doing and we don't have Shoei Otani in the league, Jordan Alvarez is probably the MVP. He's probably going to finish third in the MVP balloting, as he should. Phenomenal. Uh, so, uh, pretty impressive by the uh, the Astros yesterday. Um, Lance McCullers, Jr., who only started eight games all season, uh, will pitch game three for the Astros coming up on Saturday against George Kirby, who is a rookie, Um, and they will try to close it out in three straight. Look, it's not really a surprise. I don't think anybody, you know, despite what Seattle did in the wild card round, I don't think anybody thought that the Seattle Mariners were going to beat the Houston Astros. I I think this is where playoff experience makes a difference. I think it makes a huge difference. And, and uh, And I think losing that first game when you had that huge lead, I just don't know how you come back from that. I think that with a young team like that, when you're riding high off the big comeback uh, in the Toronto series and you did what you did to Toronto, I don't think anybody expected uh, uh, them to come back from the big disappointment in game one of this series. It is uh, 14 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano to join us. Back in a minute, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 16 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Friday morning. And as we are every Friday, we are pleased to uh, welcome our NFL guru, Dan Zampano. Good morning, Dan. How are you?
0: Dean, it's good to be back on the air. Uh, It's a beautiful Friday morning. I'm down here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, Much more beautiful than the game we saw last night in Chicago, but obviously uh, we'll get into that, but it's a great week. It's going to be a great week with of major matchups that will affect playoff cont- contention and playoff seeds later down the line.
1: That was a – yeah, you, you, you started it up. That was a brutal game last night. That's two weeks in a row that we have had some awful Thursday night games. I mean, and I got to tell you, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week because we recorded it early, but I got to tell you, listening to Al Michaels – last week <laughs> and and chris collinsworth i mean and actually it was more michaels than anything collinsworth was trying to try i think trying to back off but maybe al michaels at a, is at a point in his career where he just doesn't care anymore but he was i mean that was hysterical and you know you mentioned you know off air that it was kind of like watching a high school football game last night it was the same thing last week and and al michaels made no bones about the fact that he was not pleased <laughs>
0: Well, there was some great Twitter commentary today about uh, Al Michaels and, you know, how he loves going out to eat and uh, basically all he eats all the time. And the comments really just reflected it was hilarious. One comment said, uh, Al missed the night at Toscano's for this? I mean, goodness gracious. Like, <laughs> just totally, totally brutal. Totally brutal. Uh, I mean, you know, not only, not only do you have the Bears and, and, and the Commanders, uh, go out there, just two brutal teams that don't matter at all and won't do anything. Right. We have everything that went on like you know, six hours beforehand with, with the Daniel Snyder giant oh, expose. Lord. And then we have, you know, I mean, can you imagine George Hallis, George Hallis or Mike Dicta coming out looking like a macaroon in those orange <laughs> orange uh, helmets and orange jerseys? I mean, that's just horrible. I mean, not only was the game bad, I mean, they just looked, terrible yeah they did so i mean yeah that was a brutal brutal game last night and it was so fitting that it ended on a dropped pass or a horrible pass in my estimation i think mooney mooney did a great job of getting open fields is i mean is this the end of justin Fields? have we seen enough I, i feel like i've seen enough to know this guy just is not is not capable of running an nfl offense people criticize lamar jackson all the time for being a running back that's a quarterback that's a running back that's a quarterback right there you know that's what that is justin field's just does not have the ability to stand in the pocket and read defenses. He just doesn't.
1: Hey, let me ask you a question. I mean, and you bring it up. It's interesting. Now they say he had a he had a bum shoulder last night, but he still and he still ran for eighty eight yards. Is he is he a kind of guy that would be uh, a better um, hmm, uh, Debo Samuel Taysom Hill kind of guy? I mean, he's he's obviously got some athletic t- ability to run the football. Would they be better off trying to put him in in that kind of a role? It just
0: feels like that, you know, if you're not going to tailor the offense to his strengths, which is, you know, look at the Eagles and what they've done with Jalen Hurts. We knew Jalen Hurts was never really an elite passer. Now he's gotten a lot better. right? But, you know, fields in this estimation, you know, people talk about it all the time, say, well, he hasn't had the coaching. He's had two coaches in two years, blah, 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 this and that. It's like, okay, but eventually, like, you, you at least see something that shows you that this guy can – you know, progress and, and be move forward. Like he's getting coaching at some level, right, at the NFL. So I, I think that he would be much more tailor suited to be in that, you know, RPO action offense that the Bears just don't want to do. So right. and granted the Bears really don't have the weapons to do it in the first place. But they do run the ball pretty effectively. It, and it seems like that's, you know, worked out for them Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery both having pretty good nights and they've they've been one of the best rushing teams in football actually this year so you know i think they really got to tailor their offense to look modern passing game sure but you know the league is changing in this way and if you go to that trend maybe you get a little more out of them than you think but if they're going to continue this way i mean why bother having a quarterback anymore just tank the season go get a different quarterback simple
1: well, as far as the commanders go, if it was up to Ron Rivera, I think he would have a different quarterback. I mean, he spent. <laughs> I mean, he spent the week uh, throwing Carson Wentz under the bus and then backing over him a couple of times. But then that report comes out uh, yesterday, and all kinds of uh, stuff about Dan Snyder, and it and it and it does appear that this was a Dan Snyder decision that he really wanted Carson Wentz, and you know, uh, Ron Rivera. I'll, look, I'll give Ron Rivera credit for this. I mean, he was rather profane in some of his comments to reporters who kept bringing it up and basically, you know, dropped a few F-bombs and said, look, you know, the kid the kid deserves better than that. But I wanted to say, well, Ron, yeah. you're saying that, but you're also the one that said the quarterback's the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Ron is just not a very good communicator when it comes to the media, <laughs> obviously. Um, <laughs> so so at the end of the day with that, I mean, it's, all it is is, they won a football game. It was ugly. They needed to win. They're on a four-game losing streak. And, and, look, he probably gets fired if he doesn't lose, win this game. Right. Like, let's be honest about it. Yeah. Like, you know, it, they've done nothing to enhance the Washington program. Uh, when they won the division a couple of years ago, I mean, everybody knew Dallas was the best team, and that and Prescott gets hurt, and, you know, you find yourself winning the division with seven wins. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, right. the Washington has just not improved at all. Since he's come there, they've been a middling team. They haven't even been bad. They've just been a middle team, which is almost worse than being bad. Right. So, you know, they have young talent around them. I think Wentz has shown flashes again, but his ups are up and his downs are really down. So, you know, what do you have in him? And what do you have left in Rivera? I mean, people are saying he's losing the locker room. And and look, he he seems like a great motivator coach. Like He seems like a coach that you would want to play for. I'm just not sure at this point he takes you from being a middling team to a good or great team. I'm just not sure if he can get them there so we'll we'll see how long Rivera lasts i mean if this season they they basically saved him for another week um if it starts to go south it, it could end in in a crash and especially what's going on in the owners owners' box and or I don't even know if he can sit in the owners box at this point. But um, yeah, it's it, it, can you imagine sitting there and seeing this little shrimp of a guy is gonna like tell me that he's like a mafia boss? Like right, right. Are you, I mean, what a weasel this guy is! I mean, he is such a joke. And you know, for him to sit, I mean, what is the end game for Dan Snyder at the end of the day? He's he's lost Jerry Jones, his only his only ally in, in the owners box on the owners meetings now. Right. And and now it's and now you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, this guy wants a new stadium? He wants a Super Bowl? I mean, this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen at all. So they need the support of the owners. He doesn't have it. And, and honestly, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was ousted pretty soon. Now, whether he has information or not, that's going to tell us whether he gets ousted or not. So
1: right. we'll see. Well, they've said that they're not even going to bring Dan Snyder up for a vote at the next meeting. Uh, so mm-hmm. it tells me that there are some people that are a little bit concerned about what he does have. You know, and, and, I'm sure. You know, it may be one of those where there's smoke, there's fire thing. But but you're right. I don't I don't see an end game here. That wor- well, I mean, I guess he can continue the way he's been continuing on forever with no support, and no new stadium. But it, at some point, the fans are aren't the fans just going to give up, or is, or is it, see? And that's the problem here, Dan. The NFL is so popular. You and and the sport is so popular that even with a, a horse crap owner that is throwing horse crap onto the field, people are still going to come to the games. You don't ever see empty seats in an NFL stadium unless it's like twenty below zero and it's sleeting, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't. But you know, if you look at the stadium, I mean, last week when they played Philadelphia, um, a couple. Of, or, I'm sorry, Dallas, or which way we could say it was Philadelphia. Yeah, when Philadelphia came in. I mean, it was all green. It was all green in the stadium. Uh, So, you know, obviously the owner doesn't care. Well, he doesn't care about the fans and the franchise. And and eventually, eventually you're going to lose out. And eventually you're going to, you know, be selling to, you're going to be like the Chargers. You're just going to be selling to away fans. And that'll be that. It'll be the best. It'll be, if you're a fan of any team, just go to Washington (laughs) that week when they play them. Well, because it will be a home game for you,
1: you will enjoy it. Well, it's kind of like that when in baseball for a long time, when the Orioles were awful, and the Red Sox would go play. There'd be more Red Sox fans in the stands than there were yeah. Oriole fans. I mean, and and I think you know. But but again, at the end of the day, I don't think Dan Snyder cares. I really don't. And that's that's no, I don't. that's sad for the NFL. And. And, and if he's got stuff on Jerry Jones, like he says he does, well, that's all well and good. But this might be, you know, unless he's got stuff on Roger Goodell, this might be one of those things where Roger Goodell may have to do one of those, you know, for the better of the league kind of things, and and try to do something, uh, go around the owners if he has to. I, I mean, that'll be a nice court fight, but it might it might have to come to that. I think anyway. All right, and I don't, honestly, I'm not sure the owners
0: would really put up much of a fight if if that was. If that was the case, and you know, hey, we didn't do anything. Roger did this around us, you
1: know. <laughs> and Roger all of a sudden becomes the most popular man ever, the best commissioner ever. Just that, you know. I mean, but I get it, right? All right, let's get to uh, let's get to last week's games. And look, uh, let's start off talking New England Patriots. Okay, now number one, mm. I'm, I'm going to say this. Let's calm down with Bailey Zappi being, you know. The, ne- the next coming of Tom Brady. Can we please. Con- the kid, I mean, look, he had a nice week last week. He did a good job. He did what Jimmy Garoppolo needs to do for the San Francisco 49ers, and that is control the game and don't screw it up. Don't lose it, right? I mean, that's what he did. You know, I. I, I and, and. But. People are going nuts here, and, you know, we mentioned this last week, and you laughed about people saying, well, is you know, should he start over Mac Jones? Uh, you know, can we calm down? I Look, th- that game was won by the defense last week. No ifs, ands, or buts about it.
0: Yeah, it was a classic New England win. He had one offensive touchdown, one defensive touchdown, and the folklore of Nick Folk continues. He had five field goals. Unre- I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, right. that, hey, unreal how good he is. I mean, he's incredible. He was the MVP of that game as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, but but no question. I mean, look, Billy Zappi has been nice. You know, he's been a good quarterback so far and how he has played. Went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, made some good throws. Heck, he might be the best ball, hand, ball hander offer of all time. I mean, he's just fantastic at handing that ball off, isn't he? I mean, Ramondre Stevenson was just absolutely nails all. I mean, how many, how many broken tackles can one man make? I mean, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson continues to just be the most impressive offensive player. It's so obvious. And then, you know, you you look at Jacoby Myers coming back and, and what he provides now is that I take back any bad thing I ever said about Jacoby Myers. I really do. He is the only receiver on that team that can separate at all. So it's a huge get for them to have him back. Now, I agree with you. Defensively, I mean, this is a wagon, and right now it's it's Matt Judon. I mean, Matt right. Judon, Matt Judon is going to be up for up for Defensive Player of the Year the way he's playing. I mean, I believe he has six sacks in five games. I mean, he is ridiculous right now. Kyle Duggar had a great game. Look, it was an overall team win. God, the Lions are terrible, aren't they? I mean, oh. Jared Goff. I mean, right right down his leg again. I mean, that's just so <laughs> so typical, Jared Goff. So you know, big coaching mismatch, and look you know, yeah, they were a high scoring offense and they shut them out. And that's all well and good. You got to go out and string these games together now, right? Because this is the soft part of their schedule. We talked about this. I said, the Patriots weren't dead because they're going to do what they did last year. They're going to go through the middle of their schedule, which is soft. And they should be somewhere around five and three, six and three. And then we get into the real nitty gritty when you're playing the bills and you're playing, you know, going on the road back to back weeks against Arizona and, and Vegas. I mean, those are not easy road games, you know. So I, I, I need to see it. I need to see a win this week against Cleveland. That would be massive because the next few weeks are pretty easy. But you know, if they can put it together, we'll see if Mac is able to come back this week. I think they'll have some
1: success later on. But I'm, I'm still, I'm still cautiously optimistic. With this being the quote-unquote soft part of the schedule, is there a need for Mac Jones to play this week?
0: I think this is the one game that you look at and you say, okay, this is going to be a tough game. I mean, there's three-point underdogs in the game. They're going to deal with a Browns rushing attack that is obviously going to be difficult to to stop. But they're also dealing with a bad rush defense in Cleveland. Um, So I I imagine that Ramondre Stevenson is going to get a ton of carries in this game. But look, Damian Harris is out. Like They're going to need more than just Ramondre Stevenson. To win this game, they're going to get any, get any competent quarterback play against a secondary that can fly around. I mean, they got guys like Denzel Ward back there. They've got they've got good players, you know, playing against you know, we all know the Patriots' receiving corps. So you know, the best in the league, obviously. You know, I mean, it's just it's <laughs> it's just not that great, right? So you know, um, I think they're going to need to ball control this game, but that's Cleveland's game. I mean, that's, they're going to have to play. Cleveland's game as well, so it's kind of a dangerous prospect for them. Remember, they destroyed Cleveland last year. I mean, just destroyed them uh, in their own building, so going over there, seeing exactly, is this defense better than it was last year? It's certainly playing as good as it was last year at this time of the year. Um, I think it comes down to the offensive line. If the offensive line dominates in in that game, I mean, that'll be great, but yes, going forward after this game, I don't see a reason if they weren't playing Cleveland... I would say this would be a nice game for Mac Jones to come back to, right. but if he comes back next week, I mean they're going to have Bears, Colts, Jets. I mean they've got some bad teams that they are playing. So either way, Mac Jones has to come back to give them a better chance to win.
1: Well, that that offensive line you you brought that up, and and that's a huge concern for me. The the number of penalties that we're seeing. Uh, you know, holding penalties, et cetera, by the offensive line. Uh, it's not even so much that they're getting their quarterback killed. It's just that they keep shooting themselves in the foot with, with holding penalties and stuff. And uh, how uh, how do you fix that? I mean, they've got a couple of guys kind of playing out of position a little bit. Is that part of the problem?
0: Gene, I, I, look, we could talk about offensive line as a whole. There's one guy. We all know who yeah, it well, is. Was, that's getting all the penalties. Right. I mean, it, 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 you take that guy out of the lineup, and we all know who he is. Uh, Mr. Lose. uh, he is—he has is just been awful. I mean, Isaiah Wynn has been terrible. His seven holding penalties this year—seven. Right. Right. I mean, I just—I don't. I—you I, you can't keep having somebody like that hurt you uh, and keep them in the starting lineup. I just think, you know, Marcus Cannon. Yes, he's an old, old veteran, but he knows the system. I think everybody else, and and especially, you know, up front, especially Trent Brown. I mean, he's been the leader of it. But you know everybody else has played relatively well, you know. So I, I I do think that there is, you know, there there is a gelling of that offensive line that is starting to take place. And look, if they if they do it this week, they got Miles Garrett, they got Dudevian Clowney, they got a lot of good pieces on that D line in, in Cleveland. Right. They do it this week. I think I think you can look up from there and say, okay, like we can roll with this team, and this could be a playoff team.
1: How big of a loss is Damien Harris? I mean, look, th- th- who is going to be the guy the, the 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 kind of guy that's going to uh spell Stevenson and be another threat in that backfield?
0: Well, you just don't have one. I mean you have two rookies now, I mean, on the practice squad that are right. coming up and it looks like looks like it's gonna be Kevin Harris right. uh, out of South Carolina. Um maybe Pierre Strong get some gets some reps as well, but I mean, look, you got to piece it together somehow. I mean, Remondre Stevenson has just been so good, like just unbelievably good, but you feel okay with having just him in there, and it's not just his running ability. It is his blitz pickups. I mean, he is just one of the best pass blocking backs in the league right now. He's been on fire. So, you know, you feel okay. Hey, we still have a number one, but it would be so nice to have that, you know, One two combination. They're not really a thunder and lightning. They're double thunder. They're 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 hitting you know the seven and the ten uh, uh, on the bowling pins. I mean they're just they're going right through you and around you. So cool. it, it's unbelievable how good they are. And you know I, I do think that you know it, it kind of takes some of the physicality away, but you still have Ramondre Stevenson there. And if you get a third down back come in make some plays as a rookie, again do you trust them? That's the question. So it definitely hurts. There's no question. But look. Ramondre's just going to have to carry the load, and if, if he can, he can. If he can't, you know, uh, obviously it's going to be an issue to having Bailey Zappi go out there by himself and win the game. I, I like Ramondre Stevenson. I think he'll be okay here.
1: Well, and and I guess the other thing to look at, at least for this week anyway, is that Cleveland did give up almost 250 yards on the ground last week to the Chargers. Uh huh. I mean, you no know, doubt. You know. They're the
0: worst. Uh, this is the third week in a row, Gene. I know you hate those d v a numbers and I, DVOA numbers. I hate them too. But this is the third week in a row the Patriots are playing the 32nd ranked rush defense DVOA. Third week in a row. Wow.
1: So and it's been it's been pretty successful to be quite honest with you. All right, let's uh, let's get to the shocker of last week: the New York Football Giants. Ha. Beat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, look, um, I would have been willing to bet my house that wasn't going to happen. And and it was – look, when do we start believing in this Giants team? Or do we? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that this said
0: more about the Packers than it did the Giants. Okay. Um, I, 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 I just think that, you know – look i can't say that the giants aren't as impressive as they were last year they have been much better i think coaching has just helped them out tremendously they have so many young players and link martindale and that defense has just been just unbelievable at setting it up in the chest in the chess game against against these really good quarterbacks and you know and then of course dable setting up jones for success i mean Daniel Jones was great and, you know, they've been getting the ball to Saquon Barkley more, something that for some ungodly reason, guys like Shermer and McAdoo and Judge just could not do. So um I think I think the coaching has a lot to do with it, but I think we got to look at the Packers here. I mean, this defense is horrible. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, what happened here? I mean, we have a, we we look at that defensive line. We say, wow, they got so many pieces. They got great pieces in the secondary. I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed on the run game. <laughs> Saquon's running right through them. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. And look, Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable talent. Those receivers just have no clue what the timing routes and all those things, what they're doing. I mean, Rodgers gets frustrated in the fourth quarter, starts throwing deep balls down the sideline just to. Make sure they don't get intercepted. Right. That's basically what he's doing. Right. You know, he's trying to save some base. I, I mean, you look at—I I am just very shocked at the defense not being able to carry the Packers. I think the Packers really need to get back to ball control football. I, look, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon—that—that that will lead you to the promised land. I was.
1: It's the same thing with New England. Yeah. You know? Well, I was going to bring that up. I mean, the, the fact that look, you've got a twenty to ten lead at halftime. And but you look at the end of the game and your running backs have carried the ball a total of 19 times. And yet they've averaged five yards a pop every time they did run the ball. So what you know, is this on is this on the offensive coordinator?
0: Uh, I think it's pretty obvious how we felt about Matt LaFleur. Yeah. but, yeah,
1: But 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 is it but is it is it? And I and I don't want to I don't want to put this on Aaron Rodgers, but is this on Aaron Rodgers in a way in that that he makes it clear that he wants to throw the football?
0: I think there could be some of that. I mean, Aaron of course wants to throw the football. I think he just wants to win as well. But you know, look at the end of the day, I, I think Aaron knows what's best and what works, and when when he sees it, I, I don't think he's. I know this is going to sound crazy. I don't think he's that arrogant to say, hey. I'm just going to throw it because I want to, and 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 put our team at risk of losing this game, putting them away. I, I think he can understand football and the game in the, of, in and the of itself and how it works, and and you know the seeing how the game flow goes, that calls for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I put it on the coaches. I just do, I, and and it's been on the coaches for years. It's the reason why they haven't been able to break through and get to the Super Bowl, um, and, and now they have a much worse team and. We're going to see if they can dig themselves out of it because I don't see it right now.
1: Let's, uh, let's stay in the NFC East and the Dallas Cowboys with a win uh, that they, uh, they needed last week. And again, uh, look, w- with not having your starting quarterback and to do what they are doing, to me, is impressive. And again, you know, let's not get carried away with the whole Cooper Rush thing. But uh, look, they ran the ball well last week. They got Marcus Pollard involved. Uh, Zeke Elliott, you know, wasn't great, but he still was was steady. And uh, they dominated this game, really, in the second half. No
0: question. And you put the whole emphasis on their defense. I mean, again, the pressure that they are able to generate on teams – Micah Parsons just gives you such an ability to do whatever you want. I mean, you put him at linebacker, put him at, well, heck, put him put him on, on kickoff and, and have him just go down there and make tackles for crying out loud. I mean, he right. can do everything. You know, I, again, I, I keep saying it, and, you know, I know we don't want to be sacrilegious here, but they, this guy looks like Lawrence Taylor. He just does. Oof, and, boy. you know, I, I mean, that's a huge step up. But if you look at him and his athletic ability and the ability to just play linebacker and edge rush, it's it, it just looks so eerily similar, and he just dominates games. Right. So you know, to me, he opens up the door for Demarcus Lawrence to get pass rush. I mean, I think the Cowboys have just destroyed. And they took advantage of a bad Rams offensive line that is totally reeling, and their offense stinks. And you know, right now, for some reason, and you know, I I do think that's great and all, but you know, they've managed Cooper Cup or Cooper Rush really well uh, this past couple of weeks for him to get big wins now. They're going up against the biggest test of all this weekend. Right. But I still think that they are capable after even after this game. If they lose this game, you know what? They're expected to lose this game. But if they go forward and Dak gets healthy and they continue the strategy of what they're doing, I, I think this team is really good. Defensively, they're going to be a problem
1: and and last week the eagles win again uh it wasn't pretty but they managed to beat the cardinals 20 to 17 and you look now at that NFC East and it's like the world turned upside down because the last few years that NFC East hasn't been very good and yet now you're looking at the, the eagles at 5 and 0, Dallas and the giants at 4 and 1 what what's what's, <sighs> what's going on?
0: What is the world coming to? Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> Seriously, you. I mean I, listen, we talked about Philly. I mean, before the season, and why we thought that would be good is they're going to benefit from a really easy schedule, and they have a team that is very difficult to prepare for because of their offense, what they run, and and they're so deep defensively that it's hard to, to to move the football on them. And we saw, look, they were up 14 nothing way early in that game against Arizona. Right. And, and we know about Arizona as well as Arizona's first-half numbers are just so horrible, and Phillies are so good. And then in the second half, obviously, Arizona does what they do every week, and, and they come back on teams. So, you know, to me, I just think the Eagles' depth at every position makes them a very difficult – and go look at their schedule, Gene. I mean, after this game in, in Dallas – do you see a loss at some, I mean, they, they could so easily be, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 and oh, I mean, they, they really have a very, very soft schedule going forward where they're going to be favored in every single game. I mean, until they play green Bay later in the year, which I think is like week 11 or 12. I mean, that they, they're going to have a really easy time going through this, going through this gauntlet that they have. So, I love the Eagles again. Um, as I've said before, they are just playing on firing on all cylinders with every facet of their team. Uh,
1: the uh, the entertaining game of the week last week, without a doubt, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, just he, he doesn't seem right to me. No. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I'm shocked.
0: Honestly, I'm yeah. shocked. I mean, you bring in a guy like Tay Adams – you you have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, uh, and uh, I understand Waller didn't play in this game, um, but you know you you gotta raise your level of play. I mean, it, you just kind of sat there and sat and rested on your laurels and say, okay, I got these guys, it's not gonna be a problem anymore. Guess what? You still gotta get it to them, right. you know. Right. And they made plays, and I think the Raiders have have had obviously some unlucky breaks go their way, but you know, with Kansas City, I mean, you had them on the ropes, you had them. Yep. I mean, and you even benefited from some ridiculous penalties. Oh my God! You know, to to be able to to do it, and so you got every break you needed, and you still couldn't finish the game. I mean, they just—they're not a team that knows how to finish right now. It's gonna be a. This is gonna be a tough thing for McDaniel's to sell to his team now, especially. And then you got Devontae Adams after the game, and what happened there? I mean, there's a whole litany of issues going on with with, with Vegas right now that. Their season's effectively over Yeah, at the end of the day. Yep. It's effectively over. I mean, 1-4, and one, in, one in four, I mean, you're not coming back from that. No, That's that's really hard to come back from. Um, so, you know, it, it's a sad thing for them because I like the Raiders. I thought they would be a really good team. But, yeah, they just haven't raised their level of play. They haven't been able to, to punch the ball in in the red zone very much. It, it's going to be a long season for them.
1: Am I crazy? I mean, look, I know the Chiefs are 4-1, but am I nuts in saying – that this Chiefs team seems very beatable? Absolutely not. I think you're 100% on. I mean, where's the explosive, explosiveness on offense? You haven't seen it. You I mean, don't see it. I mean, Valdez it. was good last week. But here's, my, here's the biggest thing that, that I take. You know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not running the football well at all. I mean, this is not the no. same guy that and maybe maybe the maybe is the size factor catching up to him all of a sudden, I mean, but he is not the same guy he was when he first joined this team he He just doesn't seem to be running the ball with the same uh, uh the same explosiveness that he had
0: well, that's part of the reason why they have this kid, Isaiah Pacheco from from Rutgers, who's been just a nice little firecracker um he's just been a, a really good, I really like that kid. Um, but again, they, they, I, get, I thought Edward Haller would be a better, you know, pass catching. You know, put him out at receiver, let him play that way. Right. I think that that could definitely work for them. You know, I, look with, with with Kansas City. You know, it always comes down to this: are they are they going to be able to play good enough defense to to put their offense in the position that it needs to be if the offense stalls? Because right, right now the offense, we, we already know, like you know, with Tyreek Hill gone, um, that explosive plays aren't there. I mean, look at Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey has four touchdowns in the game. He had twenty five yards. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, have you ever heard of such a stat? No. Have no. you ever heard of such a stat? I no. mean, I, no. I mean, that's that's crazy. So you know, you take away Kelsey, then what do you have? I right. mean, Juju and MBS and and and, and, and I mean, Bibbity Bobbity Boo. I mean, what do you want? So I, I think I think that that is a I think they are definitely beatable, but I do think that they are still also a very very good football team that's going to shock some people to be like, hey,
1: you forget about us, right? Don't right. you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I've made a lot about talking about Father Time, otherwise known as Tom Brady. Um, mm-hmm. But but I got to say this. I, I read a stat uh, this week that was perhaps one of the most amazing things I've ever read in my life. He threw for 351 yards last week, right? It was his 40th game in the regular season and playoffs with at least 300 yards passing since he turned 40. Wow. Now, hang on. There are only 18 other players that have at least 40 games with at least 300 yards passing in their entire careers. And, (laughs) And he has done it. Since the age of forty, so uh, that's that's nuts.
0: That is a wild stat. That is an incredible wild stat. I did not hear that stat. That is a, that that one was from the grave there, Gene. I like that. And the grave is the farthest place you'll see Tom Brady from. I mean, he just <laughs> continues to 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 reverse time. I mean, look, was it pretty? Nope. But they keep winning. They keep winning, and you know what? They're, they're going to go through the – got a pretty easy game this week with Pittsburgh. I, right. I mean, it's not going to be easy, easy, but, you know, playing that rookie quarterback, it's 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 not going to be, you know, a, a difficult challenge, I would say. But, look, they're just going to keep winning. They're going to keep stacking wins. They're going to be in the playoffs. And it, it really doesn't matter until, until we get to that, you know. I mean, once we get to that – then we see, okay, can he raise his level of play now? Are they ready? I mean, they've been better. I mean, they've been getting better. I mean, I still have them as a top, I believe five team in my power ratings. I just just defensively. They're so good. Uh, they, they may be the best in football still. And then, and then you've got, you know, an offense that is getting better. It's getting more balanced. They're just not really playing up to the level in the fourth quarter that they need to, but they are getting better as the week goes on. So, I will say, like as I said all the time, you know, let Tom sit back. You know, he'll he'll do what he does as we do every week, and 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 he'll go forward. And you know, come December, you'll be like, oh
1: shoot, here they come. (laughs) (laughs) That's what everybody will be saying. Uh, One other game from last week. Before we get to uh, the picks for this week, Uh, the Chargers beat the Browns last week, despite. A kind of questionable coaching decision. So bad. Oh my gosh! So so bad a decision that Keenan Allen, your top running back, who's not dressed for the game, is tweeting during the game saying, "What are we doing?" Not a good look for the Chargers. Not a good look. I mean, this guy
0: has his head so far up his keister, (laughs) and has gotten the media has gotten the media to do his bidding for him that he's this innovative change the game coach with I mean what are we doing at this point? I mean how is this guy still we got we got a Monday night special, we got we got Staley and Hackett in the competence bowl. I mean that's gonna be incredible oh, yeah. to watch. I mean <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? How do you sit there and say, and then you insult everybody's intelligence after the game by saying, oh, we're going to go for it on fourth down on our own 46. The Browns have no timeouts. There's a minute left in the game. We're going to go for it because we want to end it on our terms. And, and, you know, we trust our defense. Okay, you trust your defense so much. So much, put the freaking ball! Right? I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, <laughs> you think Jacoby Brissett is going to come back on you? Jake Brisket's going to come back on you? I mean, are we serious? I mean, the Chargers are such a joke. I mean, they are such a joke, and they had that game, and their coach who honestly should have cost them that game, and he didn't, and it made me actually kind of upset that that didn't happen <laughs> because karma, the karma will come back. Uh, it will come back and bite them. I mean, what? There is a plague, Gene. It's a plague on the league of these coaches going for it on fourth down, going for two in the dumbest of spots. Like, we have a major, major just brain issue in coaching right now. It is horrific. We've never had it. I mean, this is the worst group of coaches generationally that I think I've ever seen.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, I'll say this. I got the reaction out of you that I wanted. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm sure you did. I, you get the clicks going. Well, I'll tell you what; it's one of those. Last week, I, I actually thought of you when that happened during the game. I said, "Oh, I can't wait to talk to Dan about this one." Uh, all right, just a total incompetent clown that guy is, and he gets and he gets all
0: this media love. I mean, he's got to go. He has got to go.
1: All right, let's get to this week's games now. I know you did pretty you did pretty good on the Sunday card last week, didn't you? Pretty
0: decent. We went three and two. Also hit the under the weather uh, this week. So look, we we are killing it this week. I mean, we we are, we are above seventy percent on our picks right now, uh, both of us. So it has been a great great year for the Sunday card. So we got to get better. I don't know how we did this yeah, week. I yeah, totally I, forget how we did on uh, your
1: yeah, show. You ain't killing it here. You were three and four last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh again. Yeah. we keep middling. We got to get yeah. a good week you're, Come you're, on. you're eighteen and seventeen on the season. So uh, yeah, it's uh, we're we're struggling. Let's see if we can do better this week. Let's start off with we are uh, riding the yellow line. Come this, on, this game stinks, and you're going to be pissed that I'm a- even asking you to probably to pick this game. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were putrid last week, uh, will be at Indianapolis. The Colts are a one and a half point favorite.
0: You know I love ugly games, Gene. You know I I thrive for them. You know I just I love like last night. Last night, oh boy, that was just that was beautiful. Um, Look, you look at this game. Tell me from an outside perspective. You know, typically I'm not with the public on a lot of things, but you tell me,
1: why are the Colts favored? Yeah, I don't know. Not the way they've been playing. You know, you know why I think they're favored. Because I think Frank Reich, Reich is very respected. I think I think he might be the one that moves the needle. Honestly, I mean,
0: uh, and that just makes zero sense to me. I mean, what has he ever done? I, I get a, a it. Well, he didn't
1: not as a coach. I, he Made a great great comeback as a player when in that I, uh, Buffalo Oilers game. Holding <laughs> <on> to, <laughs>
0: maybe, yeah, maybe people are holding <laughs> on to a yeah. 32 point comeback. Yeah, you know? Maybe I don't know. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. I mean, look, the Jags are such a better team such a better team. I mean, you look at last week. Oh, the Colts won last week, and the Jags have lost two in a row. They lost to the Texans. Well, guess what? The, ja- the Jaguars have been losing to the Texans for the last past five years. Right. I and mean, they lose to the Texans every year. The Colts lose to the Jaguars every year in Jacksonville, sure. But Indianapolis, you know, it's, it's a different place. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's just, how can <laughs> you sit there and say that the Colts deserve to win that game last week? I mean, I it, it was the Colts have won two games by other teams throwing up on themselves. I mean it, it I just don't understand it and 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 now you have got a Jacksonville team that is hungry because now they've lost two in a row right. they've they've already beaten this team 24 to nothing right you know I mean it, there isn't much here for me maybe we're walking into a trap I don't know maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just that stupid but you know this should be Jacksonville going away I mean I I just don't understand it so I'm picking the Jags
1: Uh, This next game uh, at New Orleans, Cincinnati at New Orleans. Cincinnati is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, What a week that Taysom Hill had last week, huh? Mm,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what we're looking at in this game is, hey, the Saints found a little something on offense. Right. They finally found a little something on offense. I don't see much from Cincinnati at all. I mean, Cincinnati – has looked really bad offensively they've been moving the football but you know in spurts in spurts and they're not scoring a lot of points so this is a tough game for, for I think the Bengals to go down there second straight road game after a Sunday night tough game against the Ravens now you're asking them to go down to a tough environment in New Orleans play against a team that's really wonky and weird um I think the Saints as bad as they have been this year I think that I think that they're starting to find a little something-something after that Vikings loss in in London. So I'm going to take the Saints here reluctantly uh, as a dog at home. But I think this one, you know, you might be surprised by the score of this one because I do think the Saints have the ability to maybe really take it to the Bengals and and blow them out.
1: Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, All right, the Patriots at Cleveland. Cleveland's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, look, I think I think this
0: is really even. This game is right down the middle. You know, these two teams are very, very similar. They like to run the football. They like to play good defense. Uh, neither team has really played against the rush very well this year. But I would say this, you know, the quarterbacks are not going to, you know, leave you for the faint of heart. Both teams are trying to ball control. It's all about ball control. Right. I think the Patriots are just better schematically to, to win this game. Uh, and, and do the things that they need to do defensively to win this game. Um, I, I again, we're going Jacoby Brissett versus Bailey Zappi in this more than likely. Then you know, I, I kind of call that. You know, obviously, maybe you'd say advantage Brissett, but you know, by how much? I mean, I, it just hasn't been. You know, for Cleveland, look at last week. I mean, last week, you know, they were running away with that game, but they let they let the Chargers right back in it. So. I think the Patriots find a way here this week. You know, it's going to be mostly ball control, as I said, running the football at the Browns. And then, you know, I I, I do think that coaching-wise, Belichick is a great example of, you know, the guy who's not going to go for it on fourth down and just collect points all day. I mean, they had five field goals in that game. They got two touchdowns out of five field goals. I mean, uh, if, you, if you look at it you know, from, from that perspective, I'm not sure Cleveland's coaching right now. I mean, they got a good scheme in terms of the run game, but the, the, the situational football is not there for Cleveland. So this game is really close. I think it's going to be a close game. I think New England finds a way to sneak it out.
1: All right. Well, we've got three underdogs at the start. I, I think that's going to change right here. The Giants are at home, but Baltimore is a five-and-a-half-point favorite in New Jersey. Ah, oh, this game is tough. This game well, you're, is really now, hard. Now, because, well, it's going to be harder for you probably on the Sunday card because of the point spread. This is because But you're just picking winners here, so go ahead. I am picking winners.
0: I will say this, that, look, uh, the Ravens are the better team. There's no question. They have a great, fast defense. They have Lamar Jackson, one of the best players in football. But you got to remember, Gene, who's coaching that defense on the, on the Giants side? Link Martindale, right. who's been the defensive coordinator in Baltimore right. for like the last ten years. Yep. So that I don't want to say it's going to neutralize them, but you know, I think it gives the Giants a chance to win this game wow. because I I think that they're going to know how to play this offense up front. It's going to be much different seeing it live. I think this game is going to be really close, actually, because the Giants just stupidly get get, get like themselves into these games. But I will reluctantly take the Ravens to win because I, Lamar Jackson is, I believe, 6-0 against NFC teams in his career or 7-0 and against NFC teams in his career, something like that. So I, I will go with the Ravens reluctantly.
1: Okay. Uh, at Kansas City, the Buffalo Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, Josh Allen, probably your leader in the clubhouse for MVP right now.
0: Yes, sir. That's, he absolutely is. And he has you know, shown it every which step of the way. And, and his ability to not just throw the ball, but his running ability and his ability out of the pocket has been fantastic. It's going to be something that Kansas City is really going to have to prepare for. I mean, you know, like the over, <laughs> I yes. think that you like that one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, But what I'll say about this game, too, is, look, Buffalo's on a roll. We all see it. It's crazy. They, they look like the best team in football. I got them number one in my power ratings. But people are forgetting about Kansas City, man. They, they played badly in this Monday night game. I think that is going to give them great motivation to come in and, and, and play a home game where the first time in his career, Patrick Mahomes is a home underdog. Really? Um, that is that wow. is pretty impressive stuff. So, you know, I, I think that they will rise to the occasion. It's gonna be a close game. But I'm gonna pick the upset. I'm gonna take the Chiefs and that they're gonna remind people, hey, we got this team's number. We just do. I know the Bills blew them out in the regular season last year, and everybody's going to look at the playoff game and say, well, they only lost by 13 seconds. They should win this game. I don't know. I, I just got a feeling this is one of those Andy Reid magic tricks that he's going to pull out of the hat. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs.
1: Uh, in a game that I, I expect to not be very high scoring, maybe I'm wrong, uh, Dallas at Philly. Dallas is a six-point underdog.
0: Yeah, I, I think it is the. I think this game is actually more hype than the Bills-Chiefs game. I'm more interested in this game because you know I know the Bills and the Chiefs are going to be at it at the end of the year. Right. This game is really going to tell us who Philadelphia really is. I mean, are they the dominant team that we all think they are, or is there a defense that can go out there and slow them down? And and you know, and can Cooper Rush play with this team too? Right. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I think it really, again, comes down to Philly's O-line and its health versus the Dallas D-line. If Dallas can cause pressure and can be patient, because I think Philly's going to want to run the football on them, if they can be patient with Philly and, and cause some pressure interiorly, and I think that's the key for this is interior pressure, then they're going to give themselves a chance to win this game I just don't see it. I think Philly is just the better overall football team. Defensively, it's going to be really hard for the, for the Cowboys to move the football. The one thing that the Eagles don't do well, though, is they don't play great rush defense. They give up a lot of yards per carry. So, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, look for them to have some big games. I just think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Philly's going to win the battle in the trenches. I just think that's what it's going to be, and I think that Jalen Hurts will have a good game. I like the
1: Eagles. And finally, uh, what you have christened the Incompetence Bowl, uh, Denver at the Chargers. The Chargers are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And that's saying more to me about how bad Denver has been versus how good the Chargers are.
0: I mean, but if you look at that, I mean, who the heck are the Chargers to be five-and-a-half-point favorites? I mean, where have they been? I mean, what have they done? I get it. Oh, they're at home. So what? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this game should really end in a tie for, for all intents and purposes because <laughs> that's what these two teams deserve.
1: Right. But,
0: I, you know, I'm going to take the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos have the best unit out there defensively. I mean, their defensive unit is disgusting. They, are, they have dominated teams defensively. Yes, their offensive red zone numbers are putrid. We know that, but they can move the ball between the 20s. Right. We have seen them do that. The Chargers are 19th in the league in red zone defense. They're just not very good in Ouch. red zone defense. Right. And and they also give up, again, we've talked about it for years, and they still haven't corrected it. Brandon Staley's just genius, guys. But guess what? Guess where the Chargers are in terms of yards per carry given up in rushing? Dead last 5.8 wow. yards per carry. Ouch. Again, it's the same old song and dance. And look, if the Denver Broncos are going to have success, we know it's going to be running the football. That's what they got to do to do this. Right. So I, I like the Broncos here. To, maybe this game is another one of these twelve to seven, you know, thirteen to nine games. But I, I do think the Broncos defense rises up to the occasion, especially with the with the uh, with the banged up offensive line that the Chargers have here. And I think they get it done. I think the Broncos. You know, they're not that incompetent to say we can't play defense. I think they'll be able to do that because there's not really another great unit on the field here for either team.
1: Five dogs this week. So if you're going to have a good week, you're you're picking a lot of upsets. So this, this should be fun. And let me tell you something, Gene. Let yeah. me tell you something. We got five
0: dogs on the Sunday card as well. Oh wow! So stay okay. tuned for that.
1: Well, a a safe uh, a safe trip up to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for Liberty last week. You come home with the victory five yes. five and one now. Uh, who's on tap this week?
0: Trying to get bowl eligible. Got Gardner Webb FCS team coming in. Better than you think. Better than you think. A good good FCS team. So. You're going to have to be prepared. So it's going to be a great game, and uh, hopefully we get bowl eligibility this week.
1: All right. Well, good luck uh, to Liberty and uh, good luck on the uh, underdog picks this week. We'll look forward to talking to you next week, Dan. Gene, you're the best. God bless. Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of The Wake Up Call. I hope you can join us then. For Dan Zapano, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.